Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Where To Go. I'm James Atkinson, Senior Brand Manager at DK Witness, And I'm Lucy Richards, Senior Editor at DK Witness. And welcome to Where To Go, where every fortnight we find out more about the world's favourite travel destinations with the people who know those places best. And today, Lucy, we are in Prague. We're in Prague. I can't actually believe we've not been to Prague before. I know, I know. I was thinking, like, I've lost count of how many episodes we've done now. It's 60-something, maybe 70. Who yeah. knows? This is you might know. But, um... Yeah, we haven't been to Prague yet. I feel like it, we've just, it's just a big gaping hole missing. Totally. So very, very excited to be visiting Prague. Have you been before, Lucy? I haven't been, oh. so I'm very excited because I need to educate myself on the ways of Prague. James, I feel like you have been to Prague. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> Lucy knows this. I have a confession to make, listener, that I have... I am one of the people who has been on a stag do in Prague. Shameful. So for our American listeners, that's a bachelor party. But um, yeah, it was it was quite a few years ago. It was about eight or nine years ago. I had quite a lot of fun. I drank a lot. I mean, I will say, yeah, there, if there's one place to drink beer, it's Prague. The beer was <laughs> yes. absolutely excellent. And yeah, the memories are fairly fuzzy, to be honest. <laughs> so I am very much looking forward to hearing about what that. I should have been looking yeah. at and what I should have been visiting. No, we did do a day of culture. We did go to, up to Prague Castle. We did a little hike through one of the parks as well after everything. So it wasn't, it, we did see a bit of Prague and what we saw of it was absolutely incredible as well. Some of those Good. sort of bohemian kind of like coffee houses and things like that were excellent alongside lots of great pubs and bars. But we have a real <laughs> Eastern Europe expert, don't we? We do. Lucy? We yeah. do. We've got a great guest. Joseph Rini is a travel writer and comedy writer and editor, as well as the founder and editor-in-chief of travel writing agency World Words and the host of brand new travel podcast Strange Old World. He has written about destinations across the world for an exhausted list of travel publications, including our book Go Here Instead. Welcome, Joe. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Welcome, Joe. It's great to have you on the podcast. As usual, we're going to begin with learning a little bit more about our guest, Joe, followed by his all-important recommendations on where to go and insider knowledge of Prague. Then we'll hear about upcoming exciting events and ways to make the most positive impact when you visit. 
So Joe, you divide your time between Edinburgh and Prague. I think you said before we started recording you've just arrived in Prague. Tell us about that connection to Prague. So it's quite a boring answer, I'm afraid. My wife is Czech. <laughs> we met in Manchester about 15 years ago and I moved to Prague in 2010 and we stayed for a couple of years and then we moved around. We lived in different places, including Edinburgh Yes. Uh, for a few years. And then we decided we wanted to to reconnect with Prague and be close to my wife's family. Mm-hmm. So we moved back, I think, six years ago, 2017. Mm. And um, yeah, we've been back and forth ever since. And obviously, Joe, you've travelled extensively as part of your career. And it seems you have a real love for sort of like Eastern and Central Europe in particular. Can you tell us why? Is that kind of down to your wife's influence? Or is it kind of just through exploration, really? No, it predated that by quite a while. I think okay. when I was 16 or 17, I started traveling abroad with a couple of friends and we naturally mm-hmm. kind of gravitated towards Central and Eastern Europe, mainly because of cheap flights, uh, yeah. low travel costs. And, um, you know, for the rest of my teenage years, every chance we we could, we would um, go away during half terms, uh, weekends, summer holidays, and we went to places like Latvia, Estonia, mm. Serbia, Croatia, Bosnia, Poland, Hungary, Austria. And um, we were just, we were really captivated by how different those places felt to the UK and to Western mm. Europe. I think this was the early 2000s, so it wasn't before the expansion of the EU and it wasn't as westernized, I think, as it is now, mm. that you could see kind of the remnants of socialism and communism a bit more. Mm. And a very small thing that really captured my imagination was the fact that when you were at train stations, there were no platforms. You would just walk across the track, (laughs) which is a really small thing. But at the time, it really made it feel like an adventure rather than a holiday. And I still get a little bit of a kick out of that now when I travel around and I and I walk across the tracks. Yeah. How many train stations still have that kind of system? In Czech Republic, there, there are a few. The big cities tend to have platforms now but um yes almost every smaller town and village you just walk across the tracks wow and you can do it in Prague legally I think (laughs) I certainly don't they used to be (laughs) if you go out the back way from Hlavni Najraji in Prague then uh you walk across the tracks to get out as well so it's definitely um not as controlled as it is in the UK I think and then during my gap year after university I also traveled a lot around um kind of southeast Europe and um I just fell in love with it like the the food is really nice very heavy but very nice people are lovely once you get to know them sometimes take a little bit of time to warm up but (laughs) yeah generally I just really like it I think people are very welcoming and when we started traveling people weren't that used to hearing people speak English so we're a bit of a novelty which helps yeah, you have slightly answered my question there. I was going to ask about sort of your favourite things about Prague. What's kind of kept you there? We're obviously then going to do a deep dive into the specifics of what listeners can do mm-hmm. in Prague. But what do you think, what is it sort of that, what is it that kind of magic that Prague has that has kept you there? So I think from a visitor's point of view, from an expat's point of view, I think it's a, the, just the consistency of the beauty. You can walk around the centre of Prague for a whole weekend and there's not a single street that doesn't have some kind of aesthetic pleasure. Yeah. You know? And that's not just the old town, that's that's all the neighbourhoods around Vinohradi and Letna and 
Carleen, you have these kind of neo-Renaissance Art Nouveau apartment buildings, churches, parks, cafes. It's just incredibly pretty. And the, the way Prague has developed, they've kind of kept all the beautiful stuff in the centre mm. and built all the ugly stuff on the outside. So all the, you know, communist panarchy, like these high-rise flats, uh, they're outside the centre. And in London, by contrast... Mm. You have, you know, really beautiful things next to really ugly things. Yeah. You, you'll have, you know, Christopher Wren Church in the shadow of this horrible glass skyscraper. Yeah. And yeah. There's, there is a charm to that as well. There's, there's something really nice about walking through the streets and turning a corner and suddenly you see something, you know, that's 800 years old. Yeah. That's also amazing. But sometimes you have to wade through quite a lot of ugly <laughs> to get to the beautiful. <laughs> I mean, certainly if you're visiting Prague, you don't really see the ugly. You just see the beautiful. Lovely. Cool. Well, that leads us on very, very nicely to discuss some of your favourite things to do. So let's get to it. So, Joe, to kick things off, as usual, we're going to go through our quickfire round. So we're asking you to give us a quickfire tour of Prague. And we're going to name a few categories and you have to suggest just one thing. Just one thing. I think we need to get mm-hmm. Chef around this, Lucy. Just one thing <laughs> <laughs> to do. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, I'm going to start with your favourite thing to eat. Oh, tough one. Yeah, mm-hmm. going right in at the deep end. Okay. Well, I have uh, five or six. Is that okay? <laughs> uh, no, I've <laughs> been spoiled already. Damn. I think I have to choose one, which is very cool. I think the roast duck with hoskovi knedliki, which are uh, bread dumplings mm. and pickled red cabbage. That's the thing that, that I just, I love and that I miss when I'm not in the Czech Republic for a while. Particularly my mother-in-law's version. It's very good. Mm. It's also something we traditionally have between Christmas and New Year. So it's a nice reward for getting through the, the fried carb and potato salad that you normally have on Christmas Day. <laughs> and uh, yeah, unfortunately my mother-in-law doesn't cook commercially. But there are some good <laughs> pubs in Prague that serve it, even chains like Kolkovna. And they do really good roast duck. So I definitely recommend trying that. We're recording this on a very rainy day in London, and that sounds wonderfully comforting. Yes. I would love to be having that after this podcast recording. <laughs> I'm going to mix it up. So, Joe, your favourite view? Mm-hmm. Again, there are a lot in Prague. <laughs> but if I'm picking one, I think the view from Vyshehrad, which is a historic citadel castle Mm -hmm. uh it's about a mile and a half down the river from prague castle and it's just a view that that you don't really see because most of the really impressive views in prague are over the old town or malastrana and this one is is down the river and you just you look up the river across uh several bridges to prague castle in the distance and at night when everything's lit up it's absolutely beautiful Uh, by the way checks really know how to light a historic building i don't know why but i've never i don't know anywhere else anywhere else in the world i've been that lights a historic building so well yeah i can definitely pay testament to that i can remember yeah they've, they've just got it down they've got that under lighting down excellent <laughs> okay moving on i want to know and i think this is quite a tricky one in prague in particular but your favorite museum or gallery hmm. yes so prague has always had amazing artifacts mm. but it hasn't always had great museums traditionally they're quite dry you have you know kind of little square with a paragraph about the exhibit and there's no great attempt to get people excited or engage the kids yeah 
But that's changed quite a lot in recent years. Um, the National Museum at Winchester Square reopened in 2018. And that now has kind of really impressive multimedia exhibitions. Mm. But for interactivity, I think, and as a family, one of our favourite museums is the National Museum of Agriculture. Okay. Oh. Which doesn't sound very exciting. <laughs> but it's really good for kids because everything is geared towards interactive play. So kids can ride on tractors, they can go shopping in a mini greengrocers, uh, they can learn to cook in a proper chef's kitchen. Nice. There's also an aquarium and a petting zoo, and the rooftop garden has a really beautiful view of Park Castle and the Old Town. Uh, so I've just snuck in a second view. Oh, nice. <laughs> Sneaky. <laughs> Sneaky. Well done. Very well played. I'm going to bring it back to the table. How about your favourite thing to drink? I mean, honestly, I think I'd be thrown out of the Czech Republic if I didn't say beer. <laughs> For those who, I'm sure your listeners know, mm. but um, Pilsner beer, which is most lagers, was invented in uh, Czech Republic. It was in the town of Pilsen, which is just about 50 miles west of Prague. Mm. You know, Pilsner Urquell was the original, and then all of the Czech beers... A lot of them you get in the UK, Corsell, Star, Parma, and Kusherwitze, Budvar, mm -hmm. which is the original uh, Budweiser, not the rubbish one. <laughs> and the price of the beer is still really low. It's not as cheap as it was, but it's still maybe £1.50 to £2.50 in the centre of Prague wow. and a lot less outside of Prague. Mm. And one thing is that's nice for me personally is that because I'm back and forth between the UK and Czech Republic, I can have good lager when I'm here and I can have good ale when I'm in the UK because yeah. the other way around is not is not always great. <laughs> <laughs> so the best of both worlds in that case. Best of both worlds, yeah. I wouldn't I yeah, I wouldn't recommend a Czech stout <laughs> porter. In the same way I wouldn't really recommend a lot of British lagers. No, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you with that. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, and then finally on the quick fire round, and you're doing extremely well with this, your perfect day activity. So what would you do on a perfect day? So I think uh, walking on Pechin Hill, I think it's one of the nicest green spaces in the city because mm. it has a mix of, of woodland trails and manicured gardens and uh, another view, I'm afraid, really beautiful view across <laughs> the river to the old town. <laughs> And one thing I really like, it has interesting bits of history, but the one that always kind of makes me chuckle is on the top you have Pechin Tower, which looks like the Eiffel Tower. Okay. And is technically the same height, but only if you include the hill. <laughs> oh, I so see. It's, uh, okay, okay. Quite clever. So it's 60 metres tall, but from river level, it's 350 metres. And uh, that is not cheating. That is economy. <laughs> I wouldn't say the tower itself is not really worth the climb, but it's, you know, from the top of the hill, the views are great and the tower is quite helpful for navigating around the city. Yeah. Great stuff. That's great answers, Joe. I have to say, I really enjoyed that quick fire round. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to talk a bit more about sort of things to do specifically in Prague. What are some sort of like key highlights in the city that visitors shouldn't miss, would you say? For me, I think there's the the big three, basically. You have Charles Bridge, yep. Prague Castle, and uh, the astronomical clock in the Old Town Square. Yeah. And those are obviously about as on the beaten path as you can get. Yep, sure. But it's still possible to enjoy them in less touristy ways. Mm. So Charles Bridge, which, again, I'm sure people know, it's a medieval stone bridge, uh, 14th, early 15th century it was built. And if you walk across the bridge during the day... 
now, any time of year, any day, it's heaving. But if you visit nearby Clementinum, which is on the old town side of the bridge, mm. you can climb the tower and you have a great view straight down the bridge across the Malastrana. At the same time, Prague Castle, it's um, you know a big complex of historical buildings, but most people stick to St. Vitus Cathedral, which is the most visible aspect of it. Yep. And, you know, the cathedral is incredible. It has stained glass windows by um, Alphonse Mucha, mm. which are uh, absolutely masterpiece. But there's also so much more to see in the castle complex. So there's St. George's Basilica, which is one of the oldest churches in Prague. Uh, Lobkowitz Palace, which has some Canaletto paintings, including a really uh, beautiful one of London. And then, you know, there's gardens, there's Queen Anne Summer Palace, there's this really quaint street called Novi Sviet, the New World. So, yeah, that's that's kind of a way to see Prague with less tourists. You can also come in the evenings when the buildings are closed, but the crowds are gone and you can appreciate the architecture and the peace and quiet yeah. and beautifully lit up. And finally, I would say the astronomical clock gets a bit of a bad reputation because on the hour it has a has a quite underwhelming <laughs> uh, show <laughs> where 12 apostles kind of pop out and do a little procession. Yeah, I've seen it. it. It does feel a little bit like an anticlimax. It is a little bit. I, the problem is it's a big crowd of people yep. turn up and you can hear the kind of audible disappointment afterwards. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's a little bit like, you know, if you go to see a band and you everyone's turned up and you're right at the back, at a festival, and you're right at the back of the field yep. or something like that. It kind of has that yes, vibe. Yes, very true. So most people come, you know, five minutes before the hour and leave five minutes afterwards. Mm. But I think if you come between the hours and you really look at the clock, it's just remarkable. I mean, this thing was installed in 1410, but it tells the local time, obviously. It tells old check time. It tells the day, the month, the season. It reveals the current location of the sun and the moon, the lunar phase, the time of sunrise and sunset. I just think it's one of the most beautiful mechanical objects on earth. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's a tendency to just wait for the show and then <laughs> and then leave with the crowds. It's definitely worth sticking around and, and looking at it in detail. Yeah, you've ticked off like kind of the big three and I really like the kind of angle of like how to see them better almost or, or see them without the huge crowds. But could you tell me about some hidden gems in Prague that listeners might not know about? Mm-hmm. So uh, in terms of places that are fairly accessible from the centre and not too weird and niche. You can go weird and niche if you want. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's a safe space. Well, it's fairly niche. (laughs) So the dripstone wall at Wallenstein Gardens. Mm. I think this is really interesting. It's a wall that's covered in stalactite-like rocks. But when you get closer, you see that there are little figures inside. There's little human heads or animals and carved into it it's quite creepy yeah when you look at it from a distance you kind of you get the sense that something's off Mm. but it's only when you get close and you spend a bit of time looking at it you realize what's going on cool so um that's very interesting at Vishahad citadel which is the place i mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. there's a system of underground tunnels that you can walk through and it's quite a unique experience Mm. as long as you're not claustrophobic yep Okay, cool. Inside, there's this uh, big hall that's home to six of the original statues from Charles Bridge. Ah. And then I would say, if you're looking for some nature close to the city, then 
Divokashaka is a really good option. It's a big nature reserve. It's just a short tram ride away from the centre. And finally, as I was saying, we first started travelling in Central and Eastern Europe when I was 16, 17. Mm. And one thing we that really surprised us was how popular jazz was in their region. Mm. And it became a bit of a symbol of freedom under communist rule and there were big jazz scenes in most of the Eastern Bloc countries yep. in the 20th century. And today Prague is still a great place to catch a jazz performance. There's mm. clubs like Reduta, Ungelt, Agata. The quality is really high and the audiences are really appreciative. Yeah. Great. I managed uh, on the... <laughs> the dreaded stag do i did actually manage to catch a bit of jazz and it was great it was really oh excellent <laughs> high quality from what i can remember and we always love to hear about live music yeah. on the podcast absolutely and then joe if listeners then wanted to make a longer trip to the czech republic are there any other places that they should explore yes there definitely are uh when i was thinking about this i realized they all start with k <laughs> so i thought i'd lean i'd lean into that why not so Probably one of the biggest day trips is a place called Karlstein, which is a castle in a valley. It's a short train ride from Prague. Yeah. It's quite close to where I live now, actually. Mm. But it's one of three famous castles in the region, all Ks. The others are Konopiszcze and Szypoklad. Mm-hmm. Uh, another popular day trip is Kutnohora, which is famous for its Gothic bone church. So it's a chapel where the skeletons were around 50,000 people were rearranged to form decorations. So there's a big yeah. chandelier made from, um, it has at least one of every bone in the human body. Yeah. I've heard about this. Yes. This always turns up every Halloween. Yes. <laughs> every Halloween when we do travel articles, etc. Yes. <laughs> I think the, oh, the, the Czech bone church turns up. But yeah, I didn't know about the chandelier. That is kind of creepy. Every single bone in the human body. Every bone. Uh, I think at least one of, I think, I think many more. It's massive. Terrifying. Wow. There's also um, Carlo Vivari, which is a spa town, which is probably best known for having a film festival. Mm-hmm. And um, I put Kr- Krumlov brackets Chesky. It's Ches- Chesky Krumlov. But I was trying to keep the K theme, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably the most perfect fairy tale town, certainly in the Czech Republic, probably beyond. I, I think if you're an American or an Australian, you have a picture of a European town in your mind's eye and that's that's Chesky Krumlov oh wow so kind of like quite medieval I'd say maybe or yeah really historic it's kind of on a bend in the river so it's kind of it kind of arches around you have a castle on the top there's uh, a bear possibly bears plural living in the moat oh wow okay it's kind of you know perfect orange rooftops and it's it's very very beautiful fantastic but for me I think the highlight is Kirkenoshain, which are the mountains in the north of Czech Republic, on the border with Poland. And we go there every summer to escape the city for a few days. And uh, it's excellent. Wonderful. Well, thank you for all of that. I love the K theme. Yes. Um, <laughs> the Kardashians of uh, the Czech Republic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Joe. That was a great, great trip around Czech Republic. Let's move on to talk a little bit about what's going on in Prague right now. Hello. 
Hello, Where To Go listeners, it's James here. It's coming up to Christmas, and what greater gift could there possibly be than the promise of future adventures? So we've teamed up with our friends at WH Smith for a very special offer. Until the 7th of January, you can get 20% off any Decal Witness travel guide, including all of our Eyewitness, Top 10, and Like A Local guides. To claim your discount online, simply go to whsmith.co.uk, choose your book, and enter the code Eyewitness20. And in any high street store, visit the link in our episode bio and show the QR code at the checkout. Offer excludes delivery costs, excludes stores at airports, railway stations, motorway service stations, hospitals, garden centres and workplaces, and books by WH Smith at Selfridges, Harrods, Phoenix and Arnott's. Full T's and C's available at whsmith.co.uk forward slash terms. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches and fine jewellery, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, Joe, when's the best time to visit Prague? So, for me, personally, weather-wise, late spring and early autumn are perfect. The weather is consistently early to mid-20s with just a little rain, which I think is great for a city break. More specifically, Mm -hmm. it's really good to be here at the end of April or early May because 30th of April is Chorodinitse, which is witches' night. Okay. Oh. It's where people kind of say goodbye to winter and welcome in the warmer months. Uh, usually with sausages yeah. cooked on a campfire. Excellent. Great. And the next day, 1st of May, there's a tradition for couples to kiss under cherry trees. So if you go to Pechin Hill, which I mentioned earlier, you'll find lots of people doing that. Alternatively, in September, it's the season of Borchak, which is uh, young wine. It's um, oh. slightly fizzy, uh, fermented wine, which is I, I think is really delicious. But it is a hangover in a bottle. Okay. <laughs> and you'll see on sale all over Prague, and there's a big Borchak festival in Karlstein every year, the castle. Uh, that's a good day trip from Prague. Personally, summer, I think, gets very hot and also very busy. So mm. I would avoid June to August if you can. And then, you know, winter, obviously December's popular with the Christmas markets. And if you like skiing, then early in the year is good because... You can get to the mountains quite quickly from Prague mm. and the price compared to, you know, nearby Austria, even Slovenia now. It's definitely a good budget skiing destination. Great. Could I ask you a little bit more about Christmas just because... Um... Bella, who um, is part of the Where To Go team, me and Bella were talking on the bus earlier and she was saying that she was at Prague just before Christmas and it was really, really magical. I think some of the, what you said about Prague's lighting skills <laughs> really come mm-hmm. to the fore around Absolutely. Christmas time, don't they? But um, could I ask you what the atmosphere is like around Christmas time? So in Prague, 
the main market is the old town square and this is it's really beautiful they have all the wooden uh i, I guess it's similar to a german style christmas market which i know mm. you get a lot in the uk as well yeah um yeah. so you have uh Svajak, which is um glue vine like mulled wine mm. um and grog hot rum is very popular excellent uh, not very nice but very popular <laughs> and yeah there's lots of like wooden toy stalls and lots of snacks it's it's really beautiful and there's a huge enormous tree in the middle of the old town square uh i would say that there are also markets on pretty much every other square in Prague. Mm. so it is maybe worth leaving the old town and trying some other ones where you'll find more locals and more things are more geared towards the locals yeah there's less touristy stuff you won't find you know a big um candy king stool or something yeah, like that yes yeah. yes i'm guessing there's sausages too right always sausages excellent <laughs> always yes it's it's great it's it, it's a really nice place to spend christmas and there's normally snow not always in december definitely in january okay and yeah every every town and village has its own little market lovely I love a Christmas market. Yeah, me too. Um, and then, Joe, sort of those are sort of, you know, perennial events. Are there any particular events specifically in 2024 to mark in the calendar? Yes, so the big one, uh, 2024 marks 200 years since the birth of Bedjik Smetana, who is a classical composer who is considered the father of Czech music. Mm. He's a bigger cultural figure here than Dvořák, who is obviously more internationally famous. Mm. A similar story with Franz Kafka, actually, that he's much more internationally renowned than he is locally. Oh, really? Yeah. Probably because he wrote in German rather than Czech, so okay. there's a bit of distance. Aye. But yes, anyway, because of the anniversary, 2024 has been named the National Year of Czech Music. So there'll be lots of special music festivals, concerts, uh, theatre performances uh, in Prague, but also... It's not only in Prague, but also in Smetana's birth city of Little Michel, mm. which is about two hours drive from Prague. Mm -hmm. They have lots of special events happening and it's a beautiful place to visit. They have this enormous Renaissance style castle, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So, um, yeah, if you're a classical music fan, then next year is a good time to come to the Czech Republic. Fantastic. Brilliant. And... Okay, we're going to bring it down culturally a little bit. So, um, <laughs> and I, as we've established, I'm part of the problem here. But a few, a few years ago, pra the Prague Tourism Board made headlines for declaring war on stag parties. Would you say Prague is still considered a stag capital? Thankfully, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's nowhere near as, run, as overrun with stag do's and hen do's as it used to be. Mm. When I used to fly from the UK to Czech Republic, half of the flight would be stags and hens. Yeah. Blimey. Yeah. That is not the case now. And I think it's it's a mix of overall costs. Like Prague is not the budget destination it used to be. Yep. So stags have moved on to other cheaper Eastern European cities. Yeah. Places like Rigo, I think, are, are suffering now. And there's also the fact that government here clamped down on certain activities that were causing havoc. Things like beer bikes, organized pub crawls, strip clubs even Segway tours. Mm. And nowadays you're far more likely to see a wedding party in Prague than a stag do. And it's particularly popular for wedding spot for South Koreans. Mm. And they come over. So you'll, you'll very often see, um, you know, South Korean brides getting their photo taken in front of beautiful 
Czech monuments. And that sounds much less invasive than a British, a, a, a British stag party. Yeah, or bachelor party. But yeah, I uh, I had a good time. It was enjoyable. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you did. To be fair, I had my stag party here, but I also had my wedding here. So I think I think it was allowed. I think I think, you, I think of all people, you can get away with it, Joe. <laughs> so Joe, in this season, we're exploring how listeners can support local communities when they're travelling. So what sort of things can travellers think about aside from perhaps not going on a stag do uh, <laughs> when they visit Prague so there are lots of Prague cafes that support social enterprises so there's a place called Kavana Bilavrana which is close to Wenceslas Square hmm. and Cafe Adastra near Tavishahad they both focus on employing people with disabilities so that's those are very worthy causes I think for souvenirs I think it's the same as anywhere really you just try and avoid the tourist traps yeah, and yeah. go to the shops that promote local designers and artists. Places like Alley Alley near the Lennon Wall, mm. and uh, local artists in Malastrana. Mm-hmm. I think generally support local business. Go to local coffee shops instead of chains, and you'll also have a much more enjoyable, authentic experience. My wife also told me to stress <laughs> that people shouldn't buy Tedelnik, which are these um, chimney cakes. Okay. There's signs everywhere in the old town that say old bohemian tradition, uh, and it is complete nonsense. It didn't ah. exist until about 10 or 15 years ago. <laughs> and chimney cakes are a thing. So I, co- I also cover, you know, because I, I cover Central and Eastern Europe quite widely. Uh, so the ones in Romania and Hungary, which are generally called Kutoshkolach, are traditional. So I would suggest not getting a Tadelnik in Prague and instead booking an extra holiday to uh, to Budapest or Bucharest and having one there instead. Okay, there we go. Don't. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent recommendation. You've been warned slash advised, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do remember one thing on this tag too is uh, one of my friends bought, bought off like a hawker or something, like a, a set of Russian dolls with various... British football yes. players' names on them, and some we were in a bar like a little bit later, and someone just laughed at him. It was like that's the furthest thing away from Czech that you can possibly get. Like, um, yes. So yeah, that's uh, it's all right. I it's think like... that would be about the same as someone in the UK buying a beret. Yeah, a traditional <laughs> souvenir. It's quite a bizarre decision, <laughs> but that that's great. Um, such a great like kind of series of recommendations there. I was going to kind of like enders on one final question about beer just because i mm-hmm. want to know a little bit more because we, we discussed it in the quick fire round but um are there any like kind of exciting sort of like breweries anyone doing sort of pilsner like amazingly well if you had if you had to send our listeners to one place to have an amazing prague beer where would you go assuming that they're not on a stag do oh there are a lot i really love kotzor brewery mm. um but i don't know how easy that is to find in Prague. In the shop, sometimes you can buy a bottle, but mm. I don't know where it would be on tap, I'm afraid. Uh, if you go to Vinohady, there's uh, Vinohadska Pivovar. Mm. It's a brew pub, so you can go in and see the tanks, and it's um, that's a really good option. And actually, in Carleen, there is a place called Devakahoti, where they, they basically brew the beer during the day, and they open the bar late afternoon. And you can drink it fresh from the tap. Uh, and that is excellent, excellent lager. And if people aren't 
lager fans generally, mm-hmm. then I would recommend Cozelle do a beer. I don't think you can get it in the UK. It's Cherny Cozelle. It's like black. It's a black version of their beer. I've not seen a black version. I've, I've definitely had Cozelle a few times before. Yeah, so yeah. Cozelle you see now a bit in the UK. Yeah. So it's a darker beer, basically. So it's it's not a stout. It's still made using the Pilsner process. But I think they must use some darker malts or something. Mm. I'm not really sure how it's made, but it's very good. And uh, it's a good option if you're not a big lager fan. Cheers to that. Thanks very much. Uh, <laughs> there's some great recommendations there. And thanks very much, Joe. This brings to an end our wonderful trip around Prague. Some amazing recommendations. Yeah, I hope you enjoy them, listeners. Massive thanks to Joe. Wasn't that a great tour of Prague, Lucy? It was a really great tour of Prague. I think I said off air, but I was really glad that we talked about the big three and, you know, mm. the, I can't say it, but the astronomical clock. Yes. And that sort of, you know... It might be underwhelming, but at the same time, it's really amazing. I just thought it was a very sort of down-to-earth approach to a really historical city. So a big thank you to Joe. I think something we do in general when we talk about travel as well a lot of the time is we downplay sort of big attractions as well or kind of almost feel sheepish about mentioning them because of over-tourism, because of, you know massive crowds etc but actually if you can find ways to experience them or find different ways to explore them so your eiffel towers etc your coliseums they are amazing for a reason there's a reason why they're famous and that is so true with the astronomical clock and actually on one of the moments of calm on this stag do that i went on many years ago i do remember (laughs) as joe was recommending like walking a bit off piste around Mm. the prague castle grounds and actually seeing some of the rest of the complex away from the crowds and it's an amazing amazing building so Mm. yeah i i really really appreciated that and it's given me a bit of an incentive to to go back to prague maybe to write some wrongs and (laughs) see the city in a better (laughs) light so if you live in prague i'm sorry i went on a stag do there but (laughs) but also yeah it's only great incentive to come back as well so exactly Thanks very much to Joe. So if you want to follow Joe's work, uh, you can find him at josephreeny.com. And I believe, Lucy, we can also check check out his new podcast, Strange yes. Old World. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's about? Yeah, so it's, a, it's another travel podcast, hooray, but it's with a peculiar twist. So I think every week they delve into a famous sort of old world city to discover mm. its stranger side. So Prague, Paris... Copenhagen, Cairo, and I think then local experts reveal unusual sites and bizarre festivals and sort of strange delicacies that wake the world's sort of oldest historic cities tick. So I think if you go to strangeoldworld.com, there's more information and you can check out the podcast there. Absolutely. And I will be listening in. I don't think the first episode's aired yet whilst we're recording this, but I think it's coming out very soon. Yes. Waiting with bated breath for that. So do you know where we're off to for the next episode, Lucy? I do. We're very excitingly off to Egypt. 
This is another one where I feel like we must have done that podcast before, but we have not. <laughs> the world's a big place. I don't know how much listeners know, but I also work on children's books as well. We've done lots on like ancient Egypt recently. In fact, I had the pleasure of working with um, an Egyptologist earlier in the year. And oh, cool. Yeah, so very, very excited to do that. And I know um, we've got a brand new Egypt guide coming up pretty soon as well. So We do, yes. Our lovely editor, Lucy S.K is working very hard on that right now yes we will be in egypt so you can join us there listener in a fortnight's time but until then it's goodbye from me and goodbye from me and we shall see you very soon where to go is a podcast from dk witness it was produced by julia baker presented by lucy richards and james atkinson with the help of bella talbot for more information about dk witness follow us on social media at dk witness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness and please like and follow the show and if you have time leave a review your support means so much to us Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.